Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. Welcome to part two of Conversations. We last discussed the importance of having passions, but not letting them rule over us. We now pick up where we left off. Yeah, and and, and Vin, it's very important when I say, you know, that, that you move through this, you don't want to be in a passionless world because that is the extreme, but also at the same time, you don't want that illumination to uh, sear you and burn you and 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 wipe you out, right? And the way you do it, again, is follow the yamas and niyamas. Just put the dharma up and see what it says. Right speech, right action, right livelihood, um, and, and so forth. The, the Eightfold Principles are really easy to follow. And they, you do it because you have passion. You have passion. And then you know how to take that, that nuclear power that's within you and in your heart and direct it in such a way that gives you a source of renewable energy, right? Just renewable energy. And um, when you have passion, you know maybe you have a job that isn't everything you want and it provides for you, but you also know the passion allows you to have healthy boundaries. So when you're not working, you're not working. You're not bringing your work home with you. You're not taking your work to the weekends with you. It, hey, this job provides me with uh, income. Or maybe you have a job that you really love and you really enjoy doing, but even then you need to know when I'm off work, I'm off work, so I'm not overworking and it's not consuming me. It's not burning me up where I no longer have quiet time with my loved ones that give me the foundations of my life or whatever it is to, so I can renew. You know, if you have a passion for exercise and workout, you know how not to overdo it so that you can continue to do it and that passion is extended and, and, and so um, there are, 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 are guidelines that you can follow that allow you to move through this world with that, that bright light of passion so that that, that illumination is there and not the, the blinding aspect to it. And you know how to avoid people that take away your passion and kill your passion and, 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 and water it down. So if you follow the Dharma, if you just simply with an open mind study in yoga, the yamas and niyamas, you're not hurting anybody. So your passion should not lead to the suffering or destruction of another person. That doesn't mean you have full control of that. But to the best of your ability, you strive not to do harm. You may do harm because they're harmed by the fact that you're living your life. There's nothing you could do about that. But your intention is not to harm, right? So you also in your career paths and so forth. We know that there are many people in the medical field who don't give a damn about human beings. They're just trying to clock it up. And that's okay, but know your limits. So that gives me money, but I'm gonna do other things that renew my karma in other ways. So that's what you do. So there's a way to navigate. Remember the Tao says the straightest path is often crooked. You have to serpentine through this world because just like in one of those zombie movies, you have to sneak around the zombies. You don't want to rile them up and have to spend all your passion and energy warding them off or, 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 or accommodating them. So there are many things we can do that nurture our passion. First, identify what it is. 
then develop the skills and ability to express it. Being a good communicator is a wonderful way of being able to express your passion and also know the boundaries of those you relate to. If you share a passion, if you have a passion that you cannot share with everybody, let's say you were telling me you wanted to get into gardening or growing flowers or whatever you were telling me one time you want to grow flowers. So you go and find people that are like that and you let your friends, all of us know we don't want anything to do with the flower show. So you can go over there with all your weird friends and do your flower ponding and all that. And you can really enjoy that and say, hey, I'm not going to be around for a while. But when I come back, I'm going to be renewed. I'm going to be invigorated. That's a beautiful thing. And couples have a problem with that because of the ego. Oftentimes, couples feel um, that their partner needs to do everything with them. They really don't. One of the nicest things, I always tell my wife, you know, get the hell out of the house. Go do whatever you want to do. Go, go, go. As long as you come back rested, relaxed, and pleasant. So whatever it takes for you to do that, I'm not going to go to the mommy and me cookout. I'm just, it's just not my thing. But she likes that and they talk and they talk and they talk and they talk. And that's not my thing. But when she comes back, she's talked out. Now we can hang out because I don't really want to talk a lot. I'm just a dude, right? But we get along. It's really nice. Then they go through their thing. So you that's the way you navigate it. Those are the strategies you use to nurture your own passions. But first, find what that is or what it may be a number of things. You know, I have, as you know, I have different friends that share different hobbies and interests. You know, I, I have, I'm into making things. I mean, I do my machinist work and I have certain people that share that interest with me. Some of them are not as skilled and some are more skilled and we have different roles we play. I have my hot rod thing that I do. I like to build my hot rod. I have certain friends. Everybody's met my hot rod friend. They say, weird. Masters, he has these weird friends. Yeah, because I have a life outside of you guys, right? And, and my kids see it all, and it's a wonderful thing because they see that I have many dimensions to me. So when you have a passion, you have many dimensions and you have depth. When you have no passions, you have singular dimension and you have no depth. You are a a person of little character that brings very little to the table. And then, like I said, in lieu of that, you're going to have to have awards of the hive. I don't know whatever those awards of the hive are that give you the the award of emptiness, whatever the hell that is. So you, there is a way to manage your passions. And there are texts that are written. So I would say people just study the Dharma Study the yamas and niyamas with clarity. And if you don't understand them, sit with someone who is scholarly and understands them that helps you with that. Uh, understand, study the Kama Sutra. It's not just about sex. It's not just about sex. It's about the things that allow you to express yourself. Right? In Western world, we've reduced it just to sex because, you know, it's a puritanical society. So sex is something that you sell or use to control people. But in, 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 in Aboriginal times and ancient times, sex was a form of medicine. It was a form of libation. It was a form of nurturing. So you read that book and you go, oh, okay, that's interesting that you went there. So you understand the nature of why fetishes arise, why longings arise, why desires unresolved can be unhealthy. And then you, you say, hey, let me find a way to incorporate this into my life so that I can have 
a fulfilling life. All the years I live, I'm mentally healthy, physically healthy, and I can really show devotion and appreciation for my beloved, which may not always be one way. Each couple has to decide what works for them. What is the exchange for them, which may be very different than another couple. But what we do know, if you do not have attraction and ardor and all that mentally, emotionally, physically, then you have nothing. You are bound together by the rules of the hive. So you have nothing. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, yeah, follow you, Z. And I think that's very sound advice. I like the idea of going back to some of the ancient scriptures, the discussions on what to do, what not to do, the whole principle of do what you want, but try not to harm other people. I think that's very useful advice. That's a good way to restrain passion in an intelligent way. The idea of boundaries is also something that is very practical And I can immediately see how to apply that to relationships, uh, apply that to work. So I think those ideas uh, can help us walk this middle path. And Z, I remember a story you told me once about one of your old martial arts teachers who was an expert in snake boxing. And you said even though you learned a tremendous amount from him, he was a strange person because he focused entirely on that. And he literally became a snake. So he visualized himself as a snake. He internalized the psyche of a snake. And that's what made him such an effective fighter. But it made him just a crazy human being. (laughs) And he wasn't able to relate to people. He wasn't able to maintain good relationships. And so I think your advice at that point was whatever you do, do it 90%. You don't want to get to 100% because if you get to 100%, you sacrifice too much in the rest of your life. You lose that harmony Uh, you lose the collection of relationships and activities that make us whole, that sustain us, that help us move forward. Uh, So the principle of not going too far in one direction, which I think ties into your discussion of boundaries, is something that that really resonates. Uh, So, see, maybe one final question on this topic. You mentioned that there are a few things to work on. So we've talked about principles. And we've talked about going back to some of the yogic texts. What are exercises that people can do either to tap into the passion? Let's say you don't have passion or you've been living a life where you've been suppressed. You've been part of the uh, the hive or the zombie herd. You want to break out of that and discover that force within you that can revitalize you, give you a new lease on life. Or conversely, you've got that passion, but you want to figure out ways to channel it and use it intelligently. What's your recommendation? Well, Vin, passion is energy. It's just like solar energy. And so in order to harness solar energy, we have to collect it and then put it in some sort of containment. And then we have to use it up and collect more and then keep it cycling. So if you have a solar collector and it turns that solar energy into a battery reserve. You have to use it or the batteries will go bad. They will corrupt themselves and they're useless. So that, that is an analogy of our life. So you take your passion, you bring it in, and then you direct it towards something and you use it up, you express it. And there's different ways. In career, um, if you have a passionless career, 
Note that it is passionless, but it requires a certain amount of your energy. Give it the least amount of energy for you to fulfill your duties. Save that extra energy for the things that you really love and shine your passion. Let your energy be all over that. So you have a, a lot that you do um, that you really enjoy. And you want to have energy for that. And you want to be able to give to that and fulfill that. When it comes to relationships of all kinds, friends and family, there's various degrees of passion that is expressed in those to bring and elevate those. There are familiar bonds and relationships. You may have family members that you're connected to just by familiarity. We're family, so we hang out. Limit that, you know, in terms of what energy, because they don't, they, they just want to see your face. They just want to use you as a waypoint in the normalcy of their life. Know that. Don't get in arguments with them. Don't try to change them. Just know that your benefit to them is in familiarity. It takes very little energy. But for the other relationships you have that you've acquired um, and you've had ups and downs with and you've developed these relationships, really light them up. Really shine a light on them. Light them up and build them because that's how you distinguish yourself from the herd, the hive, and as an individual. Um, Intimate relationships are a real good practice. They're very difficult because the minute you rest on familiarity or uh, it breeds contempt. So you want to freshen up that relationship on a regular basis. You want to kind of mark on your calendar. Again, this is managing and regulating passion. Here's the time that I'm going to really uh, nurture and shine light on those intimate relationships that I have or the intimate relationships you have. And you give that to them. Again, remembering those basic yamas and niyam bring no harm to anyone. There's no reason to hurt people. Um, uh, guard yourself to, the, to the, the degree that you can, but you don't have to hurt anybody. Um, learn how to communicate where your words are simple and clear so you can let people know what you want and they can let them know what they want from you. It takes a lot less wasted energy so you don't, you're not wasting your passion again on miscommunication. So you learn to be a good communicator, right? You um, restrain yourself so whatever you say is upfront and clear. So you're not making commitments or promises to people you can't keep. So that doesn't steal your passion for relationships of all kind. With yourself, being very passionate about your health and well-being, taking the time out to... Um, Make yourself the person that you would like to be around. You know, when you look at your partner and, and, and they look at you or your friends, you want to be fit and vibrant and not a slug or, or, or a toad on them or you draining their energy or you need to drain a lot of people so you can get through the day. So if you're going through something, share it with people, but also share it in a way where you limit your drag on their energy so they can always give you energy back. So if you're going through a rough time, reach out to people who love you and know you and said, hey, I need your support because sometimes being of service will bring you a huge burst of energy and you could be passionate because there's nothing, I was telling Akiko, there's nothing greater than watching people develop and get better. That gives you a lot of energy. That really reflects that sun back to you and you have, it's very uh, powerful in terms of giving you enthusiasm and inspiration when you elevate other people. So in your life, add an element of service to your passion that you really enjoy, but sincerely enjoy. Don't go out and do things 
for the sake of doing them because you think it's the right thing. Do it because it is the right thing for you. It may not be volunteering at the homeless shelter, but it may be something else that you really enjoy doing that is in service of others that for the sake of you, you do it. I get to do that on a regular basis myself. So cultivate your passion. Don't dilute it. Don't shut it down. Don't deny it. Re-explore the mal thoughts and the, um, the, the wrong way of looking at passion as if it's a bad thing. Know that that misunderstanding, that misgiving, that mal, th- that mal thought came about in very difficult times in humanity where we just needed a bunch of drones. You go to Japan, and I remember going to Japan the first time, and I looked out the window, and it looked like an ant colony. Everything was so perfect and orderly, and the society was clean, and everybody was reasonably polite and moving about. The trains were never, no, there was no shoving or pushing. Everything was right. Well, they had just dropped a nuclear bomb on Japan uh, 20, 20, 30 years earlier. So they had to be like that. I went to Japan in the 70s. Uh, 20 years later, I went to Japan. They had hip-hop groups. They were breakdancing in the street. They had all sorts of things going on because that generation had transcended that now, that creative passion to live. Then I went there another time, and then they have a, a, a Miss Japan is a is a, a woman of African and Japanese descent, the one of the fastest runners in the world. Is another kid that is a African Japanese kid named Hakeem Sunny Brown. So they're opening up to the whole world, and they're they're defining themselves after they came through a great catastrophe. So all of us can use the Nippon example of there's a time to hunker down and there's a time to break free. There's a time and a season for everything. And for most of us, the season is the season of life where we, we want to move through this world filled with passion and ardor, but also with a illumination of intelligence that allows us to discern and discriminate and know who can see the light? Who can? Who you can shine your light on and who you can't. For some people, the light is too bright. Don't burn their eyeballs out. Don't do that. Allow them to be in the dark to the degree that they want, but be polite and courteous. And it's real simple. But nurture your own passion because passion is the color of life. It is the character of living. It separates you from the dead and it gives you an opportunity to go through this, this world uh, with spice and flavor and, 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 and leaves you with a wonderful story at the end of this journey. Well, this has been a fascinating discussion for me. Z, I'm just going to reiterate one of the points you mentioned, which uh, I found really useful to think about. When we think about passion, we usually think about passion in the positive sense. What should we be doing? How should we direct our energy? There's the negative aspect as well, which is what do we want to avoid doing? And if we take the perspective that we have a finite amount of time and energy, a lot of managing your passion is cutting out the things that don't add any value. So if we find that we're spending all of our time in the doom scroll or on social media or we're binge watching shows for four hours a day, maybe get rid of those things. And that frees up time for the self-expression and for the cultivation of deeper relationships. In fact, I was speaking with a friend yesterday who's a bit older than I am. He's early 70s. And he was just reflecting on his life. And he said, you know, Vineeth, one of the things uh, that I've learned is whatever you have to do 
do now because life is so short. And I think that's part of passion as well. We just don't have the luxury of time. We don't have the luxury to waste time on indecision, on overanalysis, on should I do this or should I not do this or where should I end up or what might happen. If you want to do something, just go do it. Go and pursue that passion. Go and pursue that dream. If it doesn't work out, move in a different direction. But that's also an intelligent way to manage your energy and conserve yourself for the things that you really care about. So just some final thoughts. We've talked about passion as being a fundamental expression of our humanity, of our life force. It's a spirit which allows us to survive and improve the species. And certainly there are times in the course of history where society restrains passion, as we've talked about. So if we're going through a crisis, everyone needs to fall in line and follow that worker bee model. And that works for a period of time. Ultimately, when we get to the other side, it's time to release that passion, but do so intelligently and strike the balance between expressing ourselves, finding a way to relate to other people, finding a way to put an imprint on this world. So there is some mark after we're dead and gone, some effect of our actions. That's the value of passion. But do it intelligently so we're not wasting energy, we're not hurting other people, and we're not exhausting ourselves in particular directions at the exclusion of others. And I think if we can walk that fine balance and manage that balance, we end up with a life which is inherently satisfying. And I think it's something where we can wake up in the morning, we can feel excited, we can feel engaged, and we can get to the end of the day and we can feel good about what we've done. So remember the passion and tap into the passion. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.